Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Before we get to our guest, I'd like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation, which you can do for as little as five bucks a month. That helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. And for those of you who've supported us, we thank you so much. And it means a lot to Corey and I to keep the show going. Now, esophageal cancer is the sixth most common cancer worldwide. For those of you who don't know, your esophagus esophagus is a long, hollow tube that runs from your throat to your stomach and helps move the food you swallow from the back of your throat to your stomach to be digested. Our guest today had stage four esophageal cancer that had metastasized to his lymph nodes, liver, and lungs. Yikes. But here's the good news. A recent scan showed no evidence of disease. And joining us from British Columbia, Canada, is Dave Gallant and his wife, Marilyn. Thanks for doing this, guys. Good morning. How are you? Dave, how did it feel when you got the all clear, no evidence of disease? Well, uh, obviously, um, I was elated, uh, very emotional. I I actually broke out in tears. We both did. Yeah, because it was a very stunning and, and welcomed piece of news, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, it really affected us emotionally. Yeah, I can understand that. How did this health journey that you've been on, before we get into the details, how did this health journey you've been on change your attitude towards life? Well, when when someone tells you you only have 11 months to live, it, it obviously changes <laughs> your whole uh, approach to life. I mean, obviously, at that point, I was very, uh, what's the word I want to use, uh, d- disturbed by the news. You know, obviously, it's a blow, and you, mm-hmm. it, it impacts you like a getting hit in the chest with a, you know, a chair or something. But so, yeah, it, it changed my whole attitude to life. I mean, obviously, you thinking I only have, a short amount of time left. You want, you want to, uh, you think about what should I have done? What could I have done? What should I do? I mean, it, you know, the, the, the bucket list scenario comes up. Mm-hmm. Do this or do, do that before I go. And of course, the, the biggest thing is, is Marilyn being in my life and how my shortness of life would impact her. And that really affected my psyche as well, you know. Marilyn, what was that like for you when you heard that news? I just, I finally found the love of my life. And we were having such a great time together. And we've been through a lot of stuff. And then this comes along and you just, you can't even walk by each other without your eyes well enough, you know, thinking, no, this can't be, you know. And so um, I just, I said, I want to do anything I could for him. And so that's, the journey was to help him. So it was just that constant 
that old Scottish, <laughs> you know, East Coaster, all of this is not going to happen, you know, on my watch. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, when you just love each other so much and you just are able to communicate so well and spend time and watch you with his music. Um, he'd been working on his actual first end, this CD. He'd never had a chance for him. And so he'd been working on it with his friend. And now it was like he wanted to get this done. Yeah. And I want to be very supportive of that. And not just because the end, but thinking the end. But it was, you just wake up every day with like that rock in the middle of the living room. You don't begin answer. You just know it's there, but you you look at that person and you just go, hmm. And so that was the journey is to find a way to keep him. <laughs> Selfish, aren't I? <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's interesting. Now, take us back to the beginning. When, Dave, when did your serious health issues start? Well, it would have been the, the, the heart incident, I guess. Would well, be, would be, that was the beginning of it. Only because I know I've been writing about this. I noticed when I got together with him in January of, I think, 2017. We moved in and we're together, and I noticed it like, He'd gotten upset about something, and he went, not me. I didn't do anything like that. <laughs> he coughed up blood, and I went, what? Mm. And he's like, you know, he plays everything down. And then there was other things, too, that were happening to him that the doctor was just kind of blowing off, but it, it was cancer. I had acid reflux as a condition that I had, and when I got the blood in my, when I spit out some blood, I, went, I obviously contacted the doctor and went and saw him, and it was determined, or it was said, at least, that it was the acid, possibly the acid reflux that was doing it, because it, uh, my channel would get irritated and perhaps cause it to bleed a bit, you know. Probably, in retrospect, should have been the first sign that there was possible possible cancer. Yeah, there was just a lot of, there were a lot of signs there. Yeah. And I, when I got with him... <clears throat> Being that person, I am. I've had a medical, a little bit of medical background in microbiology and all these other things. And I kind of went with him. And the doctor's giving medicine, and I go, "Oh wait, you know what? This is like a almost seventy-year-old man, um, you know." And so then the doctors they haphazardly test this and that, and then the iron. I had a little iron, and they really? said, "Oh, give him some iron." And but in my mind, because of background also in phlebotomy i'm going iron that doesn't sound good and you know when you're around regular doctors and i don't want to be insulting or anything you kind of are afraid to be assertive Voice your because opinion. even a little assertion we found this out they they will slap you down and say nope this is it and so mm -hmm. then he a few years later remember when you're lifting that thing oh yeah i was lifting something heavy and that was not night I got. He said, "Oh my chest." Yeah, I got some chest pain, so we went to emerge, and it was a, a an incident, but it wasn't a heart attack, but it was uh, maybe a strain. I don't know. That's what they called it—a strain on my heart. Mm -hmm. But it, was it through that process that I? Well, that's when. Uh, so it was right in the middle of deep COVID. Would that be when you got diagnosed then? Exactly, because he went okay. in, and you know, during COVID. It's like, 
I couldn't even see him. I had to talk to him from home. And, um, and they kept him, not because there was a problem there, but also they couldn't get him into the machines that um, you check your heart. Well, they saw he was okay and stable enough, but they just, you know, waiting to get him in. It took a week to get in and do the heart check. But in that week, this Dr. Sugars, whoever he was, he started thinking about things. And so he asked him, have you had a colonoscopy? Man's never had one. He's almost 70 years old. I was shocked because, you know, <laughs> United States, 50, you're going in. Mm-hmm. And then he also, the same day, he wanted you to have an endoscope. endoscope. So I had an endoscope and a colonoscopy at the same time. But we had to wait for this. But eventually, and then, and that, that is, that happened, what, I can't remember. Well, a few months, la- a few months later, months, anyway. Months, you know, waiting to get in. Um, but that's when, when the doctor saw the, the growth on my esophagus. And uh, what's interesting is they wouldn't let me in because, you know, you want to go sit with them. They just, well, you have to wait outside or go to the mall or something. I went over to a mall. And I get this call from the nurse. Oh, it's time to be picked up. She goes, yeah. I says, where do I pick them up? She says, oh, no, you need to come in. Yeah. And that's when you knew something was wrong. Yeah. That, and so that's he was he, shocked he, when he saw me. The doctor that. gave us the news um, about the cancer. So that, they didn't uh, specify. Oh, well, that was well, the esophageal cancer. There's a tumor at the yeah. bottom. So they... They, from that point, they said, okay, we're going to start now with the, uh, the process of, of uh, staging and doing the, what they had to do. And, and that meant oh, uh, yeah. the surgery, basically. Well, no, before and, that, they. Well, I had, sorry, yeah, chemo, radiation and chemo. When was this? What time period are we that looking would at? Been, hold on, let me look at my notes. <laughs> um, I believe that that was like the 2021 that. Uh, it was uh, in April that he was diagnosed. Uh, January of that year, 2021, is when he went into the, the hospital. And then in April, he was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. Yeah, uh, April, 20, April 2021. 2020, 2020. Am I doing that right? Diagnosed. I had 2021. Okay, oh. yeah. And uh, so you're diagnosed with esophageal cancer. Did is that when they gave you eleven months to live? No, no. no. They, th- th- that it's led to process. that led to the surgery to remove it. They 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 only found that one. They only had that one uh, tumor in, inside my esophagus, and uh, mm-hmm. so the the process was started to to have the surgery to get it removed. So they tried okay. so because we, there's a tumor there about the size of your in your um, thumb. Yeah, you had that removed. Yeah. And then you did chemo and radiation or what? I had chemo and radiation before the surgery. Okay. For Thank a while. You. They wanted to see if that would knock it out. Well, I don't knock know. it down or what? Yeah, knock it down. Or react. Nothing. So that's what I did. And then I had the surgery. After the surgery. They said they're going to do a sweep up with. We were understood to believe that they were going to do some more chemo to clean up, clean, clean things up. Instead, uh, Dr. Perini elected to uh, send me on this uh, immunotherapy treatment. I'm sure you're familiar with the immunotherapy? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So I went on that for 
about a month or two. A couple of months at least, I think. Yeah. I, I think I had about six or seven treatments. treatments. How did it happen? That okay, so then you went in for your scan. I went in for a scan. And they told us the really bad news. Oh, yeah. That's when uh, I was told uh, I had uh, it's terminal cancer. I had mesacidized my lungs and stomach. And, wow. You know. Is that when they went ahead and did that massive surgery on you? or? On the what surgery? No, that was after the surgery. That was a, this was after the surgery. Okay. So what what I'm we are guessing happened is that when they removed the tumor from my esophagus, okay. some of it might have stayed Spread. lingered, and I don't know, you know. And then the other stuff was like miracle grow, just kept it growing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so no, um, um, after my first scan, that's when they informed me that I had eleven months to live. Okay, so, so in other words, the chemo and radiation had not been effective in eradicating that? No. Okay, thank you. Okay, when was this again, when they gave you 11 months? Okay, so that would have been... That would be my first time after notes. my surgery? Uh, oh, your picture just went out. Oh, why did it do that? Oh, yeah. sir, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, hold on. Um, so I was diagnosed, and then... They did this, this September. Oh no, sorry, I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking through my notes. Mm -hmm. So the uh, the tumor was removed on October 21, and then the immuno was December, and then January, they came back and did another scan. Or they came back. Oh no, the doctor says, okay, this is how it is. You explain. It, it, yeah. This. Which one are we talking? We're talking, we're about, talking about after my. Scan after scan, my and he said to you, "I can keep huh. you alive." Yeah. Oh, the, well, the, yeah. The doctor hmm. he said uh, uh, he asked me how long, how long, like when he told me I had terminal cancer, he asked me how long would you would you want to live? Uh, well, that what a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> Forever, no. But I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's right. Those weren't his words exactly, but it basically it said, "How much time do you, you like? need?" Or, <laughs> yeah. you like? I, and I, I said to him at the time, I said, "Well, I need, I need at least a year because I got some debt I got to pay off. I don't want to leave Marion with well, the debt." I, yeah. So, so that's what I told him. And he says, "Well, that kind of lines up because it's usually around eleven months in your situation, give or take a month." Uh, and that you know, was over. And that's when he's so, over. Okay, so you were just progressively getting worse at this point then, Dave? No, like that I, is when they found that, like, originally they only had the one on the esophagus, and they cut right. it out, and they thought they had gotten everything. And then the, the scan I had after the surgery revealed that I had these... Metastases. Yeah. Well, had, can had, I, had, can had, I interject with you? Sure. After the surgery, they said, we're going to go ahead and have, like, a mop-up, right? Uh, with chemo. Well, they stuff. said they were going to do that, yeah. But then they said, oh, we've got this great thing, you know. The so for several weeks. When did cannabis come into the picture? So then um, there was a lot of study and looking around and figuring out. So the cannabis came in the picture, I think, June when we started. Yeah, we, 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 we learned about it. Maybe a month or so before. No, no. I, Kate told us. Kate and told us. Our, yeah. our friend, she... Um, and she says, I have this friend. I could possibly have you talked to her. And I said, 
because I've been reading and studying them and shot down at every turn. And so um, Kate was talking to me when like laid on our phones and, you know, everybody's sending you stuff and say, oh, go get this, go get that. And, but for some reason, when Kate told me, I, and I said, I looked, I watched your stuff, Corey. And I'm like, could this be the answer? And so after all they've been through, I said, Dave, this lady, you know, look what she's been through. And, and I, then I went back to Kate and I said, Kate, hook us up with her, please. And so, so he kept going on the uh, chemo, but um, we started ramping up on okay. the four to one um, eight strain or six strain. Eight strain. Yeah. Is it eight, I can't remember with this person that was helping us. And, uh, you know, that's when we started seeing some improvement. Mm-hmm. But then the, Did you have a date there? When you, when oh, you that was June. That June was June. Of 2020. June of, uh, June of last year. Yeah. 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 And then yeah, so, there, was that right around the time you decided to quit chemo? Because I don't no, want to. No, we, I had a couple more treatments. We had a couple more treatments. That, that was it. After yeah. I started, yeah. But yeah. That, after that second, after that, last treatment uh i just i i i said i can't do it anymore he sat here in this chair and he just said i'm calling i'm not coming in yeah but by then we were get ramping up a little bit more yeah and they were seeing some improvement but i really think it was anything but well i mean yeah i i got up a gram a gram a day and and um so the next scan showed no well, no movement. Well, or no, was there, there was a, just a little bit. Slight increase. Well, no, right. Just that you started starting the cannabis. Yeah. And so about something in July or something, they saw it slowing down. Yeah. But then it, uh, they only saw even less, and we were hitting on the cannabis. And then in August, I says, how do you want to do this? We well, I think the August one they said that one that was when they said one of my tumors disappeared. Yeah, but that was after you were on the cannabis. Yeah, though. yeah. So yeah, the second scan at the second scan after I started using the oil, um, they they noticed that one of the tumors had had gone away. So that was encouraging. Yeah, very encouraging, Dave. When you were taking the cannabis, how did you react to it? Well, uh, I took it in in five five hundred milligram. No, dose, you started dosage. out. Sorry, no, I started <laughs> out with low. I'm doing all the ordering, so, and well, that's what it is. It needs to be a team. You need to work together. I think he wants to know when I started using the full throttle. Okay, I would say it got into August September. Yeah, we were full on. I mean, uh, doing a gram a day, and 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 uh, it didn't it didn't affect my like I think I wasn't higher than any higher. I was fine. Because he, um, uh, I took a, a one one in the morning and one at night, a five hundred milligrams each time. So suppository, suppository, yeah, by a suppository. Uh, and and of late, I've been also taking a, a, a at night. Uh, I've been taking an, an oral one, which is probably two yeah. to two to two hundred fifty milligrams. Yeah, but two hundred fifty milligrams early. Good on you, Dave. Yeah. And and now I'm now I'm at uh, one five hundred milligram 
suppository and a 250 milligram oral, which oral. I take immediately before I go to bed. Because we don't want to just stop him, you know. No. Or, or just oh, like, no, you oh, can't stop. Well, so. I guess that's a question I'm going to have for you folks is when, you know, I, I, I'm decreasing my intake uh, to 500 milligrams a day right now. Is there a point where I can do even less or, you know, or, yes, or what? Yeah. yeah, there is. And we can talk about uh, sure. that day, depending on yeah. how you're, how okay. you're doing. So what, when you got on this cannabis, when when did you first get an inkling that maybe things were going to be okay or that maybe it was having some kind of effect at least? Well, as I said, that second, uh, the second uh, scan, which told me that one of my tumors disappeared, that was... Uh, that was a, that good, was a good indication. So yeah. that, that was when I, I that when I thought to myself, oh, maybe this is going to work, and maybe maybe I have a chance here to to kill this disease. You know, so that's that's the moment that I that I my hope kind of went up. But now you guys, uh, you did some, uh, you did colloidal silver as well, Dave. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. I haven't done any. We need to for a little while yeah, here. We need but, to get, back, I on get just, back on it. But yes, yeah, so yeah. I was doing it. Every day, and did you make consistency of dietary changes as well? I'm sorry. Did you make any dietary changes along the way as well? Maybe slight ones. I mean, uh, I try to eat healthy, but I I always cheat every now and then, like everybody, I guess. But uh, I'm I'm trying to find follow a a a diabetic diet kind of because I'm diabetic. So, so I mean, yeah, I I didn't change too much because I eat meat. And I eat veggies. Can know. I interject here? Yeah. One thing we noticed, and, you know, Corey talked to us, and she says, you know, you're going to see a lot of other improvements. And I said, I don't care. I just want to see the one. Because yeah. she started saying, rattling off all this stuff. And I'm going, his well, blood pressure, he's off his blood pressure medication. He's very low on his diabetic medications. Yeah, and so uh, It's helped my diabetes. Yeah, let's see the blood pressure, the diabetic. Yeah. A lot of other things kind of fell away yeah. and what we, we chose that the doctors oh you don't really need to be taking this high blood That's pressure medic yeah you know That's so good dave to put it bluntly you were a bit of a fucking mess weren't you i was <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah so yeah. i mean stress is a big factor i guess in in, in our lives you know we're gonna so i i've i've always kind of lived with as little stress as I ever had needed to have in my life, you know, and, and which means I'm a easygoing kind of guy. I don't, I'm not very slow to uh, to uh, be angry or aggressive with anyone for any reason. I mean, not that I won't speak up when I think it's proper and necessary, but um, you know, I, I tend to be fairly easygoing. Dave, and, this must have had some impact on you emotionally as oh. somebody. As of somebody course. who is a musician who sings, to yeah. have something wrong with your esophagus, that's pretty damn huge. Well, yeah, I mean, I worried about, obviously I worried about whether that would affect my, would affect my vocal cords and things, but yeah. here I am, and I'm still singing. <laughs> and you're still singing, and your, C, your CD that you put out is amazing. I've played Thank it you. many times. Thank you. I'll send you a couple of more copies. Sorry that you can pass on to these two gentlemen. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'll do that. Geez, Dave, if you join the Rolling Stones, you'll be the youngest member. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
There you go. Dave, do you think you'd still be alive today without cannabis? Uh, no, I don't, I don't believe I would. I, I believe if I, if either, either the cancer would have killed me or the chemo would have killed me. I, yeah. I, I really believe that. What's your daughter's response to this? And does he know that you're doing cannabis? He, she knows? Well, we, we have, as I mentioned, we have a new doctor, a family doctor here, Dr. Yip, and she is not aware yet, I don't know. She's not aware, but even the oncologist oh, they and were. doctor, Masuda particularly, the chemo, the chemo doctor, oh, you know, and they just they were, they were they I think they were amazed. I think they they were sort of taken by surprise or whatever. Yeah, but they, but they both know. I, I think the other one does too, that, or at least Doctor Masuda knows that I was using the oil. Yeah. Yeah. Marilyn, you were saying that you wanted to talk a little about the surgery that Dave had. Can you just briefly explain to people what they did and how you feel that that's the worst of his issues right now? Well, um, the having this surgery, they literally take your stomach up and you know cut out the piece and the esophagus down. The, the esophagus, they cut out, cut and out the piece that was I remember damaged and put it all back together. Your stomach comes up to what's left and yeah. they sew it up. I remember walking in the room after he had his surgery. <laughs> I I say he looked like Medusa with all the had about 12, lines. 12, 12 tube lines into me. And but the thing about the surgery, um, that seems to be the biggest problem now that he might have to live with for the rest of his life. Um, yeah, so it's, because you know, having this surgery is a lot like having those gastric bypasses where you had mm -hmm. the dumping and the. Uh, sensitive stomach and yeah. you know texasis or where you're losing weight and yeah that's really my only issue now is so my, we're really working on my that. stomach uh, problems like we'll be a bit somewhere of nausea or, or cramps and i mean the cancer was nothing like the surgery and yeah. i don't want to i don't want to be rude about it or anything because i mean we got to do what we got to do but what i saw was that the um, I, I want to say barbaric what things they do to you. And I wish that we would have known about you, Corey, and you and cannabis or whatever, the whole thing before the actual cancer happened. So people can make the decision. Well, wait a minute, you know, um, maybe I don't have to have this tumor dug out of me. Maybe uh, there is another yeah. way. You know, because the tumors were disappearing with the cannabis. Yeah, it's an interesting comment, Marilyn. We've interviewed, uh, I mean, you are episode 386, and I can't tell you how many people have said they wish they knew about cannabis prior oh, to uh, no doubt. chemo or radiation. But, you know, the thing is, and a woman we talked to in the UK uh, last month mentioned this, when you're told you have terminal cancer, and you're given so many months to live, you're consumed by fear. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, this woman, she was 29, had a three-year-old child, had ovarian cancer, and she said she did what the doctors told her because she was just in this fear, this bubble of fear. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult for people to escape that because, you know, you've been given a death sentence. Right, And the nice thing about your story, Dave, is that you had a bunch of other health issues 
Your cancer is gone. Your other health issues are have improved. Yeah. But the thing you're dealing with now is the surgery on your esophagus and your stomach. Yeah. Which, you know, it's better than being dead. Well, right? yeah. No, I'm not. Uh, it's not a big complaint. It's just that's what I'm, I'm, I'm left with. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. like. We're, answering, you know, addressing it. Like, he kind of like, turned over a lot of the stuff to me because I, you know, I, I study and read and all this thing. And, and so I, it became my responsibility. And so I would read and read and research and, and they'd send me home from uh, the cancer agency with all this paperwork, what to do, what to do. Oh, you don't do this. You do. And it just got incredibly mm-hmm. scary. But, you know, if someone has said, hey, just watch this video. And then also your past experiences, because people have cannabis in the wrong context. I mean, like I said, I came from a pretty straight lace background, and uh, I never really dealt with cannabis. I had no problem with whatever else wanted to do, but it was just the, because I did the study, and I understand that, like, you know, they want a cannabis gone because their medications were, were going to, they said, were working. But then, like, even uh, that doctor in Israel that got squelched with about the cannabinoids. So I think that, you know, we need to get this out there that you have all this natural health. We've got a naturopath who Dr. McKinney uh, is his, she's his protege or whatever. And I mean, you've got to know there's more way than one to skin a cat. Yeah. And one's a lot more brutal than the other. That's right. Dave, what has been the most difficult part of this journey for you? Well, I, I think, I want to say psychologically, I mean, you know, at least you get the diagnosis in you, and it impacts you, and you, you start thinking about, what you're going to do with the time you got left, and how you're going to leave your, how you're going to leave this life, and uh, what you leave behind, and you know, so uh, those things came up for me, and uh, I think the, and and, uh, but then when I started getting hope after that second scan, uh, I that's when I, I sort of changed around, thing, you know, maybe I can beat this, and and I've had that attitude pretty much ever since. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, the worst part of the journey was the initial d- diagnosis and the, the, the four, you know, three or four months after that. They were probably the hardest. Well, the good news is, Dave, that when you were thinking you could beat this, you've beaten it. Yeah. And so uh, I think, you know, working on your health down the road, yeah. you've got a lot of years ahead of you. I, uh, a lot of out there to come out. Well, what was my, that my, family, my family has a, a long history of, uh, of living into their 80s and 90s, and you know, so this genealogically, I the odds are with me. <laughs> I suppose he may be 10 years older than me, but sometimes I feel like we're the same age. <laughs> he's, he's a goer, and he does have a, a quite the constitution anyway. But he's so willing. I was like I said. When uh, I brought up Corey to him, 
he was very accepting. And oh, yeah. we thought, okay, we're going to wait a long time for this. Maybe I better go to the cannabis shops. Don't do that. But mm -hmm. um, next morning, she's on the phone with us. And it's amazing. And point is the right direction, as she says. I think it's a really good way of saying it. And I, I, yeah. I want to take this occasion to publicly thank you, Corey, for coming yeah. into our lives and, and, and making the difference. And the That's fact that you today. put, she put so much into it. I mean, yeah. with the whole, she, I text her about dumb things, you know, because, you know, you're just looking, something, for, answers. looking for answers and you're just so supportive. And, and that's what it needs to be is a support system to, you know, wow. with our decision to do this. Yeah. You're very, you're very welcome, Dave and Marilyn. And um, really it's, I feel so emotional just looking at you and, seeing how well you look you've i mean you look so much better than when the lot than the last time i saw you even oh, yeah. that's good this is such a huge win to overcome esophageal with yeah. mass this is is massive you know yeah. so way to go way to go yeah. yeah thanks thanks for doing this guys we greatly yeah, appreciate, we appreciate it appreciate it uh, thank you very much folks thank you okay before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, writing a review, or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already, and we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. It helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% .9 of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.